Welcome to Crystal Clear Finances, where we understand finances can be confusing, but you don't have to face it alone, and you can have confidence for every financial decision. My name is Crystal Langdon. I'm a certified financial planner, qualified kingdom advisor, founder of Crystal Clear Finances, and your host for the next 30 minutes. Now, today we're going to finish up in our series about what to do when you lose a loved one. There are a lot of pieces that we need to pick up, and we were blessed that this month of February, we were able to have Liz Roberts Laura be with us. She talked about life experiences, about losing her husband, walking through that loss of a loved one, and how there's actually a spiritual component to it. There's an emotional component, and yes, there's a tactical component. Now, we're going to focus a lot on the tactical today. What are the things I need to do to get this done? How do I actually pick up the pieces? But I want to make sure that you take time and go back to our other episodes, because when we talk about the spiritual component of when you lose a loved one, many times what all hear when I'm counseling with an individual, they've come to me because they've got IRAs and beneficiaries on life insurance, and they're not sure what to do. Nine times out of 10, somewhere in that discussion, they bring up the fact that they're being punished, that God must not love them anymore because this happened. But the truth of the matter is we know that bad things happen to good people. So I want to encourage you, if you're walking through that process right now, if you're facing grief, to understand this isn't an indication of whether God loves you or doesn't love you. That's like thinking that someone who has money, well, God must love them. Really? Have you met all the people who have money? Not all of them. Well, I should say God does love them, but it's not necessarily an indicator of God's favor. So be careful when we go through very hard, traumatic times, not to label it, I'm loved by God, I'm not loved by God. There are just some things we can't explain why they happen. Now, the other area we talked about before we talk about tactical steps we can take is we talked about the emotional process. And I remember that when Liz was with us over the past three weeks, she said that grief looks a lot like fear. And she talked about the process where when you've lost a loved one, you become afraid to actually make decisions. It's like all of a sudden you don't trust that you're smart enough, good enough that you can't make solid decisions. I would say that's probably not true. You made good decisions before you lost this loved one. Chances are you can make good decisions afterwards. Now, I do understand that immediately after losing a loved one, yeah, probably don't make any big decisions then. In fact, if you look at counsel, they'll talk to you that when you've lost a loved one, don't make those big decisions anytime soon because they need your brain to go through the process of processing the trauma that you just went through. So yes, over the past few weeks, we talked about the spiritual component. It's okay. You can yell at God. I think he's big enough to take it. We've talked about the emotional component that, hey, it can become fearful. You can feel alone. There are things that you experience that you didn't experience before. And unfortunately, you have to walk through that process that's how we grow and that's how we change. So once we deal with those two, and in fact, that will be an ongoing process, 
we have to start the tactical pieces of picking it all back up. And that's what I really want to focus on today is saying, okay, I understand that there's been a loss here. I understand spiritually and emotionally, yes, I'm going to continue to walk through that process for quite a while. It'll be like an onion. You know, you go through one layer and you're like, huh, got it done. And next thing you know, you're crying over spilt milk. You're crying over a butterfly that went by. It's a process that you go through. But now let's talk about the tactical. And I want you to understand many times, this is not something that you face alone. It's a hard undertaking to try to face it by yourself and say, I'm going to do everything. So I would get a group of advisors around you, whether it's your uh, certified financial planner like myself, an attorney, a CPA, maybe it's just really good friends that are going to come with you. But let's walk through the checklist of things we need to do. And unfortunately, even as I'm going over this with you today, Oh, my godson is walking through this, and it's just so relevant, so real of what he's experiencing as I'm watching him go through this immediate checklist and then what he's transferring into, okay, the funeral's over, now what do we do? So immediately what would happen, and I, I know this probably sounds like, well, duh, Crystal, of course you would do that, but there needs to be a legal pronouncement of death. And the reason why we need that is those death certificates. So whether it was a 911 that you need to call because you've uh, found a loved one where they've passed away, maybe it's hospice who's stepping in and hospice was there, but you have to have that legal pronouncement. And when you have that and you have the death certificates issued, having six to 10 certified copies is what I found when working with my clients that they need. Because these copies are going to need to go to the life insurance company. They're going to go when I have to change an IRA to a beneficiary IRA, to the banking institutions. When you're telling the credit unions, hey, this person has passed. Don't let any accounts get open in their names. Well, you're going to have to have those uh, death certificates. The other thing that you're going to do is once you have that legal pronouncement that your loved one has passed, is you're going to need to get together with your family and friends because there needs to be an obituary written for the paper. You might say, well, I'm not telling anyone. Well, actually, that's part of the legal process that goes through. So if there are creditors that there's outstanding things owed, it has to be put in the paper. So just a short sweet, to the point if you want to, obituary that needs to be printed. You know, it's at this time where you found out the news that you need to call those closest to you, whether it's your pastor, whether it's your children, whether it's whomever it is, close friends, you want to begin the process of letting people know. Now, this doesn't mean that you have to call everyone on your social media, and it doesn't even mean you need to post it on social media. I know for myself, if I'm walking through this, I am not putting it on social media. However, as I watch my godson walk through this these past uh, month, I'm watching him, and all of a sudden on social media, you start seeing things pop up. Hey, my condolences. Hey, how can I help? So social media will reach out to you. Don't let it overwhelm you. You know those who are closest to you. Look in your phone. Who have you talked to in the last two weeks? Those are probably the ones that you're going to be calling and you want to let people know. The other area that you're going to, or action step, I should say, is, is that you're going to need to get a hold of the funeral home. You're going to need to, hopefully, you will have known in advance if your 
parent, if your spouse, whomever it was, uh, what they have prepared. Did they prepay for the burial? And I'm going to pause here for a moment. I have a lot of clients that are in retirement now that were walking through this step where they're prepaying, they have their burial plots, they want to make sure everything's in place. I would encourage you, if you're one of those individuals who is doing that type of planning, let your kids know. <laughs> let people know so they know something's already in, in place. And go through, if you haven't made arrangements, begin to visit different places. And I know, I know you can say, Crystal, what a morbid talk to be talking about in this month of February, the month of love. But in truth, that is an act of love. When we do uncomfortable things that are for the benefit of those we love, that is love. And being able to plan how your funeral is going to be or prepaying for it, or at least laying a path so that your kids or your spouse knows what to do, I believe is an act of love. So you're going to want to see if it was prepaid. You want to see if there's been a burial plot that's already been purchased. You want to call the VA. If you have someone that, you're lo that you've lost who was in the military, you want to see what type of benefits were there. Will they have someone come and do the funeral? What are the different components? And I know you may have a pastor that you can just pick up the phone and say, hey, come be with me. And then they can do the funeral. My godson, when the pastor did the funeral for that one, he had had direct interaction with her. And so he was able to give real life examples what, because she was a police officer, how she had come in and ministered to him and the family. He got choked up as he's doing this funeral. Nobody, uh, it didn't bother anyone. Everyone just felt like we were one family honoring this woman. But call the VA and see if there's somebody that is going to do the funeral service if you don't have a pastor and if they were in the um, military. The other thing I want to talk about when we're talking about the actual funeral is there's a lot of work there. Get people close around you, your kids, your family, close friends, because you need to go through who's going to do the eulogy, who's going to, you know, you got to pick out the pictures so that you can celebrate their life. You want to have a guest book. I know that sounds so silly. Maybe it sounds old fashioned, but I know with my godson, he said, it was a blur as people just kept walking by, hugging, walk, hugging, walk. But having that book, he's able to now look back and say, wow, they did come. And this person came. And now his wife, she's sending thank you cards to be able to thank people for attending. And don't put that stress on yourself. It's not something that you have to do. But just being able to sit back when you have time to process what happened at the funeral is often helpful. The other thing when, okay, we, we know this person has passed. We've notified our family and friends. We've put obituary in there. We've planned the funeral. I know this kind of seems like a silly thing to say, but secure the property. Okay, so if it's a mom or a dad that's passed and they were the only one living in that house, you want to find out who else has a key to that house because it's amazing how things just grow feet and they walk away as wrong as that sounds. You see this happening. I, as a certified financial planner, when I'm sitting down with my clients, they will talk about jewelry's missing, 
Her furniture is missing. All these different things. Important paperwork is missing. So now these different components are all playing into it. So securing the property, know who's going in, who's going out. And if you are nervous about that, you can put up the little video cameras. You can see what's going on there. Find out who has the keys. Now here's practical things. Who's watering the plant? What about all the food that's in the refrigerator that's going to spoil? Is the heat on? Maybe it, it was fall when someone passed away and now we're going into winter. Are we making sure that the pipes don't freeze? Are there pets there? Do the pets need to be taken out? A lot of things that we don't even think about, we just go numb. So having this checklist is so crucial. And another area is calling the employer. Hey, they won't be coming to work on Monday. Knowing how to have that conversation and finding out what were the benefits offered to this family? What were the benefits? Was there a group life insurance plan? And being able to talk. Now, you don't have to go into all the details. Hey, chances are it was within 24 hours you just found out. You're still in that numb process. But letting the employer know, I don't want to go into the details. I'll be calling in a couple weeks and need to have information. But for now, just want to let you know they've passed. And then that way, that employer can go ahead and give that information to coworkers that were close to your parents, to your loved ones. Now, let's talk a little bit about what do we do after the funeral's done. Because you you have that, you found out they've passed, you're putting the pieces together, you're literally hosting an event while you're numb, and now everybody's gone home, they've done their hugs, they went back to life, and now you've got to pick up the pieces of your life. And depending whether it was a spouse that passed away, a mom, a dad, you know, sibling, whoever it is, there are pieces that need to be to be dealt with. But what we're going to do, let me quick take a 30 second break and then we're going to be back and I want to talk about what's that checklist for after the funeral. And we'll be back in just 30 seconds with more crystal clear finances. Will the recent changes in the SECURE Act impact you? What laws have changed in regards to distributions, penalties, and yes, even some opportunities? Join me, Crystal Langdon of Crystal Clear Finances on February 25th at 5.30 for a Secure Act 2.0 webinar. Over the course of 30 minutes, we'll bring the highlights of what changes were put in place at the end of 2022. Now, there are several key pieces to this legislation and understanding how to position it correctly could impact retirement. So give our office a call at 518-433-7181 and register for your link today. And we're back with more Crystal Clear Finances. Thank you for joining me. I know that the topic this month has been a somber one. You know, dealing with the loss of a loved one and picking up the pieces and having to walk through it. But if we can know what to do, if we know the action items, it helps us prepare ourselves. If we're gonna go through it, it can help us be prepared so that those who love us who are picking up the pieces after we're gone, we want to take steps of love, take these action items for them. So I've said right before the break, what do we do after the funeral? What are the things to do? Well, and this can be done before the funeral, but chances are most people are too numb to even think this. But the first thing we need to do is 
define the will. We need to know who is the executor. Now, executor, that's just a fancy word of the person who has been designated that they're the ones that are going to be able to say, here's the debts and here's the assets. Let me take the assets. I'm going to pay off the debts. And then whatever's left over, I'm going to distribute it to the beneficiary. The executor is the one who has the authority to do that. Now, here's the deal. When someone comes to me and they say, I have a loved one that passed away. I'd like to, you know, cash in the life insurance policy or I need to move the IRA to a beneficiary IRA. I can't unless I know they are listed as the beneficiary or the executor. And I want to talk about that a little bit more in just a few moments. But the executor is the one that's chosen to settle the will. And what they need to do, and I'm going to go through these process really quick, but we can always talk offline, right? We, you can give our office a call at 518-433-7181. We are not attorneys. Let me just let you know right now, I am not giving you legal advice. This is Crystal of Crystal Clear Finances, sharing my heart with you, saying I sit across from people who are walking through this process, and I want to show you what you need to do. When you find that will, it's going to need to go to the surrogate court, and you're going to have to file the will. You're going to have to provide, remember I said a moment ago, a certified copy of that death certificate, and you fill out a probate petition, and it's literally saying, hey, Look, here's the will, and the will says that I'm the executor. Can you please do a letter of testamentary saying, yes, this is really the executor, so that I can go to all the different places that I need to go and get this taken care of? Now, if you don't have a will, then you can't have an executor, but what you can do is you can have someone who becomes the administrator, and that's something where you sit down with the attorney, I'm walking through a case right now. We're sitting down with an attorney and saying, there's no will. So I can't say this person's going to be the executor, but there's things that are were in the deceased name only that need to be taken care of. I don't need the will if it's somebody's already listed as the beneficiary because that beneficiary supersedes the will. Did you catch that? It's just when you have things that are just in the deceased name only, that's where the will is needed. And then we have to go into probate, which is public, and we have to get these letters and we have to be authorized as an executor to move forward. All right. So let me just talk a little bit about the items that don't need to be probated. All right. So a, a moment ago, I said something with a beneficiary. So let's give us some examples life insurance, right? Life insurance has a primary beneficiary, which means when the deceased dies, a primary beneficiary means they get it first. But if that primary beneficiary has passed away, then it goes to the contingent beneficiaries. So if someone comes into me and they say, Crystal, my loved one passed away. I am the beneficiary on a life insurance policy then I can go ahead without waiting for the executor. I can say, well, I need to see the death certificate, right? There's where that certified death certificate is. Then we're going to file this form. We're going to complete this form together. And once we have this form, we're going to mail it into the life insurance company. They should be honoring it. And then you will receive a check. And if it's from a life insurance policy, again, I'm not giving tax advice, 
but life insurance policy death proceeds should be tax-free to you. So whether it's a $10,000 one that you can use, that you can pay the funeral home and you can pay for the, the dinner that you threw for everybody in the fellowship hall and you can pay for funeral plots. Usually I think right now for most of my clients, the funerals are costing about ten to 12000 So you could use the money for that or you could get 500000 that would be coming from a death benefit. And again, that's not taxable. So that's good to know. What else would we have a beneficiary on? Well, we could have a beneficiary on an IRA. So if you have someone who has a regular traditional IRA and you are listed as the beneficiary, well, we don't need to go to probate and we don't need to do all these things. You just need to come in and you need to say, here's my death certificate or the deceased death certificate. And I am listed as the beneficiary. I confirm that they're listed as the beneficiary. And then what happens with an IRA, and this is good to know, the IRA then has to become a beneficiary IRA. So let's pretend that I have a client and that client's mother passed away. The mother had an IRA, and let's say it was at another financial institution. It wasn't here at Crystal Clear Finances. My client is going to go with their death certificate to that other institution, say my parent has passed away, I'm the beneficiary, that other institution isn't allowed to roll it over just to me. They have to roll it over to a beneficiary IRA there. And then we can roll it over to a beneficiary IRA here at our office. So there are some hop, skips, and jumps that you have to go through, but that one doesn't require that the will be probated. Here's another one, living trusts. People wonder, why would I do a living trust? I still have to pay taxes. You know, it's still liquid in there because the living trust doesn't go through probate. So people don't see what you have. And so a living trust will say, at my passing, it's going to go to these three children, and then it passes to them. We work with living trusts all the time, not creating them, but we look to see how they are positioned, and then we can manage the funds inside them. So a living trust, that's one of the reasons why people use them. Now, another area is a TOD or POD. So let's talk about that. TOD transfer on death or a POD paid on death. Now, a lot of times what will happen is we'll have individuals who say, I want control of my money. I'm going to have all the shots on it. I will say what's going into my account, what's going out of my account. My kids aren't going to touch it. But what we've done is we've set it up as a TOD and we've listed the children. So at passing of my client, then the TOD allows me to get it right to the children and we already have it outlined. What is the percentage that each one of them is getting? So having a TOD, what is the whole purpose for it? I don't want it to go in probate. I don't want something that's in just my name. You know, sometimes people buy cars and they're, it's my car, I'm putting it just in my name. Okay, but when you pass, now we've got to go and have a will that shows that we can have this and different components with it. The other area that this will help you pass outside of probate is a joint with rights of survivorship. 
So a lot of times we just call them joint accounts. But basically what happens if it's a joint with rights of survivorship, when one passes, it immediately goes to the other individual. And if we want, we can take that one name off of the account. But a lot of times people just keep that name on for for a while. It's not an immediate thing they do. But what I like is, is that they have immediate access. So here you have one, two, uh, three, four, just a couple different ways that we, I can show you that we don't have to go through the whole probate because why? We did some planning in advance so that when we pass, we know it's easy to get to them. Now, if there's no will, right, We let's back up a little bit, there's no will to submit to probate, then we have to sit down with an attorney and say, okay, we need intestate succession. So chances are, 50% of it's going to go to the spouse if it was uh, a mom that died. So the dad gets the, the 50% and then the remaining would be split between the children. So again, you've got a lot you've got to think about. Is that what I want to happen? You know, if you're separated, how does that occur? You know, okay, well, we were already separated, but yet if you weren't legally divorced or legally separated, they're still going to have half of it. Are you okay with it? And I know I dare talk about divorce on a Christian radio, but these are real life situations. Once we have all those, you know, I guess I really, I shouldn't say all those pieces, all that was under point number one, which is find the will, find who has authority. The next thing that we need to do is find the important documents. You know, as I worked with my godson and his wife, they just began arranging piles. Okay, so this is everything with this credit card. This is everything with this life insurance company. This is everything with this brokerage account. And they began to put piles in place. I can encourage you, when you have piles, do not write on them. Don't put, you can put sticky notes. I was about to say, that's why God invented them. Put the sticky notes on each pile. But sometimes we get these wills and we circle things on it. Please don't, don't write on your wills. Don't write on those documents because we don't know if those actions could disqualify on something. So just be careful, put everything in its right pile. If something's stapled together, don't unstaple it. Keep it together so we can begin to understand whatever the thought process was. And then you want to create an inventory of all their assets. And one of the ways that you can do this, and a lot of times people don't think of it, is look at their tax returns. Look to see if on their tax returns, were they paying dividends on something? Were they, pay, were they receiving loan interest? Did they loan money to someone? There's a lot of things that we can see showing up. Did they have a business that you did not know about? There's a lot of different areas. So I would say, look at the tax returns. Watch for a full month, maybe two months, as far as what's coming in the mail. Are you, they starting to get statements that will come in? Are they quarterly statements that are coming in? Check their emails. Where are they getting emails? What companies? And make sure that they're not uh, scams and spam stuff. We're just looking to see where has mom and dad or my loved one, right? Your spouse, where have they been communicating and who's responding to them? Look for brokerage accounts, right? That's something with a financial advisor or maybe at a local bank they would have. You want to look for deeds and titles that hopefully they've put in a file so that you can access them easily. Look in, see if they have any safe deposit box, any filing cabinets at home. Open them all. Look through it. You know, I had one client 
He literally told me this, and it's true. He said, Crystal, when I die, don't let them sell the house. And I'm like, well, okay. Is there, you know, sentimental value? You want it passing down? He goes, well, let me finish my sentence. He said, don't let them sell the house until they dig up the backyard. I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, and he just chuckled. And now his heirs are out there with the metal detector trying to figure out where dad has put all this money that he hid around the yard. So if you're going to hide money in the backyard, could you leave a treasure map? Please leave a treasure map so your kids know where to find it. You know, I'm looking at the clock. There's so many more points that I want to go through as far as what steps that we can take. But I just want to bring it back to this point. And this is where we're closed. We will close today. You know, you don't have to face this alone. Death to you, what you're experiencing, the death of a loved one, is new to you. But people go through it every day. Doesn't minimize the pain of it, but there is a process. And yes, there's a spiritual process and an emotional process, but guess what? There's a tactical process too. And we want to make sure that we're going through that process and checking each box so that everything they have ends up in the right place. And I want to encourage you, if you're not sure what to do, give our office a call at 518-433-7181. Schedule a free initial consultation. Let's sit down and talk. Let's get the pieces put back together. So join us again next week as we continue to provide financial clarity so that you can have confidence for every financial decision. Thank you and God bless. This program is for educational purposes only. We understand that finances are complex. Facing them alone causes stress, resulting in wrong choices, missing out on opportunities, and having to settle for a lower standard of living. At Crystal Clear Finances, our team approach focuses on providing clarity and confidence so you can make the right financial decisions. Investment advisory and financial planning services are offered through Alpha Star Capital Management, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Crystal Clear Finances and Alpha Star are separate and independent entities. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.